This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Besides Tank, who are the unsung heroes of this Cowboys team with us today? We've got Pops from Bear Creek Masonry because he won the KNC for a day competition or I guess auction, not sort of competition for Peaceathon. And so Pops, I actually wanted to start with you on this. Do you have a specific unsung Dallas Cowboys player? Yeah, I do. I actually have two of them. Oh, uh, Stefan Gilmore. And I hope he got his injury is not as bad as it appeared to be when they're carrying so, him off the field. So when we heard Mike McCarthy earlier, he said Stefan Gilmore won't practice until Saturday. Right. I did feel better on Monday when Stephen Jones told us that he thinks he'll be good to go. But I think that's an excellent one right there. Is I can't remember one of you guys brought this up the other day. It's super odd that the absence of Trayvon Diggs hasn't felt like crushing all season. That was me. I'm, I'm the best. I'm not. Deron Bland has done essentially, I know it's a few less interceptions, but it's, and but more touchdowns. He's done essentially what Trayvon Diggs ex, is expected to do, and that is intercept the ball. Usually when you lose your number one cornerback, you're going to get exposed throughout the season, especially how early you lost your number one cornerback. And I'm not saying the Cowboys are better. They're not better or exactly the same, but that usually hurts you tremendously. Yep. There's just not enough cornerbacks to go around the NFL to be like, hey, we lost uh, one of the, let's just say, 12 best cornerbacks in the NFL. I think that's where Diggs is when he's healthy. Uh, and it didn't really affect you or hurt you throughout the season. I, I'm astonished by that. And a lot of credit to Deron Bland, who – Honestly, I know he's a few years away from free agency who is going to make a whole bunch of money because of this season. Kevin, I got a I got a top three list. Ooh, just pops not to give it. Oh, go ahead, Pops. Yeah, my my apologies. Oh, you had two. That's right. Well, my second one was uh uh Osha O. I can't pronounce his last name. Oh, Diggy Zua. He's yeah. the person okay, who oversees deal. the work safety and stuff at the Cowboys facility. I had to deal with Osha once. It was bad. What? But yeah, it's a long story. Oso Diggy Zua is another good one as well. I want to expand on that, but Corey said he's done listening to what you No, go ahead and say. expand. I was, I'm was. i sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. There was a moment of quiet radio, and I was like, well, I think it's my turn to fill, in the, fill the air. So one of the things that I noticed, and you can take – or leave pro football focus. I, I just think this is something everyone can really agree on. His rookie year in 2021, Oso Digizua, 89th out of 108 defensive interior linemen. All right, so not good. Last year, 41st out of 127. This year, 14th out of 131. So You've seen progression, progression, progression. And if you don't love pro football focus, I know we've talked about it. Some people do, some people don't. But what you've seen is at least through their system, they're like, he's gone from bottom fourth to almost top 10% in interior defensive linemen. I think Os is a great one. And one of the reasons I, I kicked this off be, with saying besides Tank, because I feel like you hear that all the time. Oh, Tank doesn't get enough credit. Tank this, Tank that. And I understand that, but I wanted to see beyond Tank. Do you 
I know you hated Tank for a while. Not true. So much so Not you wouldn't true. call him Tank. That is true. And he said, he said, I challenge thee. And then his challenge, you did, he didn't get to his challenge. And I also remember you were like, I'm really for him sitting out this season and having surgery in July. No. Yeah. So all of that. that. That being said, have you come around to understanding doing. his importance within having better players on the team? Here's the thing. Does that make sense? I, I he, guess he was paid as the best player. With the question focused like that, I guess not. I understand his importance. My only issue was, my issue is usually with the Cowboys pay structure. I don't totally gotcha. understand how it works. Is people were like, well, he's not paid to get sacks. And I'm like, but that is exactly why they paid him. I never questioned what he does on this team. Can I have two? Go ahead, Mike. Do you have more? I have now I have four. So what? let me see. I'm gonna add another one if you go. The number four starts with the same letter that I'm gonna go with. All right. And I think that people were concerned about losing Dalton Schultz. And Jake Ferguson did as much or more than Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz That's a good one. not missed at all. Now, why? Because he was good with the Cowboys, and he's probably good with Houston, yeah, too. I'm not watching solid. every Houston game, but Jake Ferguson has improved throughout this year that I think there's a good argument to say, hey, Dalton Schultz or Jake Ferguson, I don't care about the money. I think Jake Ferguson is better. And I'm not saying by leaps and bounds. I think they're pretty close. But for Jake Ferguson in his second year, and the Cowboys were so concerned about Jake Ferguson that they took Schoonmaker in the second round going, we're not sure if he can really play in this league or not on an everyday basis. So for Jake Ferguson to be doubted by the organization in April in the draft, and then we're in the playoffs now, for Jake Ferguson to be arguably, and maybe weapon's a bad word, but to be arguably your second best weapon, because I don't know if weapon, that, that makes it sound like biggest playmaker. But he had 71 catches this year and 761 yards. He's the second five option to, on offense. Yeah, he has the second most uh, catches yeah. to CeeDee Lamb. So I would just like to throw Jake Ferguson answered the call and I think went above and beyond what people thought he could do in his second year. Because at this point, Schoonmaker's going in next year as the backup and the year after that as the backup. And then yes. there'll be a decision when Jake Ferguson's a free agent after four years if they want to let Scooney be the guy or if they want to sign Jake Ferguson to a longer term deal or something like that. So for me, a big unsung well, hero is and, Jake Ferguson. And don't you remember, Kevin, uh, during Peaceathon, uh, when we had him on, how much he talked about the importance of being the hitter, being the tough guy on the football field. And he's become... Even Greg uh, Greg Olson was saying that last week. I know the, uh, there was a while back Collinsworth was like, and everybody knows that Ferguson's coming after you. And we were like, nobody's said that yet. But now it's becoming the thing is that everybody does know that Ferguson will get in your face. And I feel like you just answered this question when you talked about how long he's going to be here. I was going to say, safe to assume everyone has a pretty high level of confidence in him. Yes, Ferguson. Yeah. I, the thing is... What? What? Just here's, like Schultz. We had confidence in Schultz for a while. Here's kind of great news because every year you get to the draft and it's really tough to eliminate a position in the draft to say we're not taking that position. You don't have to worry. You can just take all tight ends off the board for the next two years. Yeah. Now, hopefully there's not major injury to Schoonmaker or Ferguson, but like you're good. You, you can draft a dude in the sixth or seventh round to finish off a draft and maybe special team dude or whatever, but like what uh, Ferguson has done, and I'm still – I know there's a lot of people who don't like Schoonmaker. I'm not 
I'm not liking him, but I'm also not disliking him either. So uh, I think he'll be a solid uh, number two tight end for the next three years with Ferguson, and then we'll see how much Scooney improves in the offseason. Look how much Ferguson improved in the offseason. Did you have a second one, Mike? I don't want to give it because I want to see, since you have four oh, I, more. No, I added another one in this did list. Did you have yeah. to five now? now? To top did, five. did you have Ferguson on oh, your list? I did not. Dang. All right. Because I, I felt like he got his his love this year. I felt like uh, okay. that, that he was so You getting, don't think he's unsung. I didn't think he was unsung. He thinks your list is dumb, I, So far. Well, <laughs> the Cowboys drafted a dude in the second round going, I don't think we have a good tight end on this team. Right? So are you saying Scootmaker's your other unsung? No, I'm oh. saying that the Cowboys at the draft, after they drafted Mozzie, great pick, uh, after they drafted Mozzie, they turn their attention to, we better get a tight end with one of these next two picks because we are scared to death that we got nothing for Dak at a position that he relies on a lot too. And that's maybe why I also like that he's really stepped up is Dak does love his tight ends. And you need to have a good tight end, usually, I think, on a Dak team. I think Hendershot's a good receiver. I think that Ferguson's a good receiver. And I think they were a little concerned about size and run blocking. And that was more of what they were thinking whenever they got Schoonmaker. Uh, and he can, whenever run blocking is, I think they they use that. So I'm with you, Mike. I love Ferguson. Uh, I My feeling was that he was second option to to CD. So. Second greatest Ferguson in uh, Texas history. <sighs> I mean, the street, Ferguson, Ferguson Rhodes. He got it. Ferguson Rhodes, really cool. Ferguson Jenkins, oh. better. What about Justin Ferguson? Was he a... I have no clue who that he's is. He's a golfer. All right. Who was your number two? I'll give it to oh, you I just to see if it's on the five. list. The person who I thought would be replaced after about three or four weeks, and then we'd have to replace again, and that would be Brandon Aubrey. I thought the Cowboys had a crap situation going into this year at kicker and they were going to have to have tryouts on somewhat of a every about third or fourth week. They're going to have to have another person come in and try out and see if they can kick better than Brandon Aubrey or whoever we brought back in here. And obviously he was close to perfection this year. So great job. The thing is you didn't have very many close games. So there wasn't a field goal kick that I can remember. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting under two minutes to go. We're like, if he makes this, we win. If he misses it, we lose. I don't remember that situation, but he was obviously awesome. Can I throw in Brian anger then? Because I- there goes my list. Now <laughs> I'm down to four. I actually, oh, wait, you, have you still plenty. have four. I have, I, I have, have nothing. I actually, this was the first person I thought of this morning, Kevin. Okay. And I, and I have Bobby working on numbers for me because I would like to know, and Bobby's going to check into this for me. He says he's going to fiddle with Stathead. How, what, when he punts, what is their typical starting position and average drive length after he punts? Okay. Because if it's, if they're not getting a long drives on average against the Cowboys and he's putting them deep in their own territory, that's a plus that nobody even thinks about, right? So that goes under the unsung category in my mind. I don't know if you have any other stats that, that go along with Brian. No, Aiden. I mean, I wanted to throw this out there because he'll probably be, probably be on the all-pro team yet again and or again. He'll be a pro bowler again. And I, I, I feel like their kicker has gotten a little bit more love and not the punter. I understand why. So I just wanted to throw him out there as well. Yeah, he's a, That's a good one. He was number three on my list, Kevin. Ooh. Number five would be Jonathan Hankins. And I know we talk about him a lot, but I think whenever he was out, you saw how much you n- missed that dude. 
and I don't think we even talk about him that much because he doesn't have a lot of splash plays. Yep. Uh, it's just something that goes unnoticed until it's missing. And then whenever it's missing, and we thought that Mozzie, I think most of us thought, give Mozzie a, a, a full year, but a lot of people were like, he's a first-round pick, he should be playing immediately. He's not beating Hankins, and so far, he's not even compared to Hankins. Sure. Uh, Jordan Lewis, I think, gets, doesn't get enough respect either. Uh, but we discussed him at length yesterday. And he's phenomenal in that last game. And and I think just the there's an element of toughness that Jordan Lewis plays with. He's willing to go in and tackle, doesn't make business decisions. He does get hurt. Now, that's something that you you can't predict. Because you don't make business decisions. Yeah, exactly. But he goes and plays tough football. Number two, this is kind of a joke, but Trey Lance for motivating Dak to have his best season. Oh, yeah. Jerry knew what he was doing <laughs> when he was making uh, Dak uncomfortable by trading for uh, Trey Lance. That was a brilliant move by Jerry. Okay. Uh, Broad has told us, he's like, hey, he wants, uh, he wants everybody to be uncomfortable. That's always been my issue is – I think he wants management and coaches to be more uncomfortable than he does the players. This is this is based off of stats I saw yesterday, though, and Ooh. I know this sounds Trey ridiculous. Trey Lance's stats? No. Zero. Damone Clark? Dorrance Armstrong. Okay. And I know we've talked about Dorrance Armstrong a lot because the Jones family has been pushing Dorrance Armstrong down our uh, into our faces. Yes. Uh, he finished second on the team in sacks this year. Did you know that? That he had the second most yes, sacks this season? I, did. I do now. Seven I and a like half that. while playing 41.7% of the snaps. Wow. He had eight and a half sacks last year playing 47% of the snaps. So maybe if he had more snaps, Kevin, sure. he would have had more sacks. Maybe. But he's just 26 and a free agent in March. 26 years old, had seven and a half sacks in less than half of the playing time. He gone. Why can't he get on the field? Is he important to the team? That's where this is a thing where if Dan Quinn's gone, this defense there will be a lot of names that I think the Cowboys will say see you later to because Dan Quinn's not there. All right, that's a list. Did you approve of his list? Yeah, I thought they were. I think that when you go twelve and five and win a division, you're going to have a lot of names that you can look at besides your superstar players who helped you get to this point. Jamone Clark was another one. I, I thought saw. of it in a weird way. I know he gets a lot of money. I thought Tyron Smith, like somehow his body Staying stayed healthy. healthy, and I never thought that happened. It has been a quiet thing for Tyron from us, right? Like It's not like we've talked about him much about anything because he's done his job and stayed healthy. He's done his job really well this year and stayed healthy. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, I'm really excited about this segment, the storied history of of Cowboys-Packers in the playoffs, and is Dez caught it still the most memorable matchup to our audience? Truckwreck.com, text line 877-881-1053. If you want to discuss, we'll do it next right here on The Fan. Fourth down and two. Here's one down the sideline. Pass caught by Dez Bryant. They're going to mark him inside the one. And a brilliant catch by number 88. That was, was up for grabs. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Des Bryant went up and grabbed it. Mm. 
KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. The storied history of Cowboys Packers in the playoffs. And is Dez Caught It still the most memorable matchup to our audience? I can tell you not everybody in this room believes that is the most memorable matchup. We will get to Pops in just one second. So this is going to be the ninth meeting between the Packers and Cowboys in the playoffs. Series is tied 4-4. to It's tied for the most postseason meetings in NFL history with Cowboys 49ers, Cowboys Rams, and Packers 49ers. So, obviously, you notice a, a trend there. So, this is a very storied playoff rivalry. Agreed? Yeah. Very. Yeah. <laughs> we used to win them in the 90s. That... Just one, though, right? The one that mattered. No, I mean, you won three in the 90s. You won. You beat oh. them three straight years in the 90s. The three that mattered. Oh, in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, the three that mattered. There was the, an NFC championship game at home, right? Yeah. Yes. I guess that's the one I remember. The two years before was divisional wow. games. Wow. Okay. To get to the NFC championship. Broadus will tell you. Yeah, remember Broadus is always like, man, we could not. So not 92, though, because 92, we played Philadelphia, Correct. then San Francisco. 93, 94, 95. Oh, 94. I, I, that I, season still exists, even though we didn't I, win the Super Bowl. I forget who we played before that San Francisco game. But uh, now I remember. None of those teams mattered, you know? There you go. The only team that mattered was whoever we were beating in the Super Bowl. But Corey is right. that You have lost the last two. Do you think, we'll dive into them. It feels like the last 50, Kevin. <laughs> Only the last two. Do you feel like that is the most memorable of the bunch to our audience? Y- yes. I can't decide which one is more memorable regarding Dez or the Jared Cook catch because... Dak Prescott, a lot of people, like, they've only known Dak, or some people may only know Dak right now as the quarterback. And they're looking at, at that, and they remember he came out slow. Somehow they were able to come back in that game, lose 31-28. to 28, And, like, that's 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 still a memorable moment, but I think Dez is still far more in most current people's minds. Well, that is my answer, is go to cut number seven. I, I realize people talk way more about Dez caught it, then Jared Cook caught it. But I think this is the most memorable one for me. Bends to his left. Comes underneath, and the pass is incomplete. Out of bounds. Now they say complete. The official, the second one, came in and overruled the other Jared Cook. And with three seconds left, the Packers are going to have a chance to win it. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I think what you've learned is if you hear Joe Buck calling a Packers-Cowboys game, he's going to get one of the key plays wrong. Mm-hmm. Is He says Dez caught it, and he didn't. He said Jared Cook didn't catch it, but I guess he did. So that, for me, is the most memorable one. Because How long I, was the field goal again? Do you remember? Because it feels like it was a 51 bit, yards. That's a tough field yes. goal, except for, for Brandon Aubrey. That's true. But like I did, I was like, there's a chance with it, Mason Crosby. Yeah, there's a chance he misses this yeah. still. But I was down. We were supposed to be at the owner's box, uh, but it was so packed. We we spilled over to the little Mexican restaurant next door, and we ended up watching it at that bar. 
I was like, dude, we're about to win at this At the hotel? Game. Yeah, down at the Mikosina, is that the... Maybe. I can't remember the restaurant's name. Okay. but maybe it's not that. But uh, but I, I was I was like, this is... this. We're going to win this thing, dude. Yes. And then that happened. I've never... I think I went home and just... I went to my buddy's house and drank the rest of the night. And I just stayed at his house. It was so depressing. It was bad. <laughs> I did. I, Why I, is that funny I called Adrian. You? I was like, I'm not coming home. I can't this drive. Part. Yeah, I was like, I can't do Oh, it. well, I guess that's a smart yeah. thing. I thought you were like, I'm not going home to you. <laughs> I can't look at you because the Cowboys lost. She, They were all wearing Cowboys gear, too, at home. Like, Adrian watched the game. Maybe that's why we lost. And I just remember. She never watches the games. I remember that game because of the early, the interception, and you fell behind 21-3. to in that game and it felt like the Cowboys were cooked 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 and then fought back fought back tied the game holy moly and then this ridiculous play and you end up losing it yeah so we brought up 14 and 16 and oh which one was 14 that was Des. Des. 16 was I was with Mike that day is It was a great day, wasn't it? We gave great speeches, Kevin. You should have heard. We got the to see the last Cowboys game was of the season great, together. Was it a great day, though? They lost. That, do you remember that room? Do you yeah. remember how how fun that room was up until that last moment? It was yeah. so much fun, Kevin. Because you, you were so. It was a, the two games that make it different is in Green Bay in 2014. The Cowboys were somewhat in control of that game for yes. most of the game. You got to the fourth quarter and you felt them. I know Reggie doesn't like this, but you could feel the momentum change. All of a sudden, you can't move the ball anymore. Aaron Rodgers, who's playing hurt, is moving the ball. I and, remember that. Yeah. And you're just like, crap, Aaron Rodgers is turning back into Aaron Rodgers, and the Cowboys can't do anything offensively yeah. in this second half. And then they take the lead later in the game, and you felt like maybe you could come back. And then obviously the catch-non-catch situation uh, ends up ending your season. And then the other one, I remember because I was having to do Cowboys post game back then, and I was at the game, and I remember at twenty one to three, Atolo and one of my buddies, Ryan, I texted him, who's a big Cowboys fan. I'm like, we just lost this game at twenty one to three. I'm like, it's over. You're not going to come back from twenty one to three against Aaron Rodgers. They did. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going through the box score. I don't remember they came back twice. They tied it at twenty eight. Then they tied it at thirty one. So you were able to come back and tie it up twice and then obviously in the last 20 seconds they have the unbelievable pass catch and kick the the long field goal to beat you 34 31 but those were two very different feeling games because when i was with Corey in 14 you felt like you were going to win that game for the majority of the game and then everything changed late in the third early in the fourth quarter and then the other game you're like we're losing like you, you you don't do this in a playoff game and come back and then you had the emotions of that fourth quarter comeback that ended up not happening. And I saw this texted in about 2014. Somewhere along the way, it does kind of feel like DeMarco Murray's fumble has been lost to history, but that was a huge impact play in that as well. But, Pops, I want to kick it over to you. We've got Mike Cantrell with us, winner of KNC for a day, is the reason why I specifically said our audience is because I thought we would get a lot of feedback about 2014 and 2016. But historically, you have got a different Cowboys-Packers game that you would like to discuss. I do, and that would be on December the 31st, 1967. 
the Ice Bowl. In the NFL's top 100 greatest games ever played, this is the number three. Wow. <clears throat> it was at the wind chill during the fourth quarter, the last minute and 16 seconds was 70 below zero. Which is crazy because even at kickoff, at kickoff, and so it'd get darker and stuff, it was minus 13 degrees with a wind chill of minus 46. So even then, it was already the coldest game in history. Right. And and the uh, referees couldn't use their whistles. They used the whistle for the opening kickoff, and the whistle, the metal whistle froze to his lips. And he pulled it loose, and of course his lips started bleeding, but it, the blood didn't scab over. It froze. Oh my god! And and the band was supposed to play the opening ceremonies and the halftime. They couldn't play because the woodwinds froze up. They wouldn't make any noise, and the brass players' uh, mouthpieces froze to their lips. Uh, and uh, there was even a spectator, an elderly spectator in the stands that died from exposure. Are you kidding me? No, yeah. I, I never heard that part. That, yeah. I have to say that doesn't surprise me because at the minimum, five players in that game developed frostbite, yeah. toes turned purple, and Packers players openly wept when they got back to the locker room. I know um, Pat Summerall, I listened to him talk about that because he was the sideline reporter mm-hmm. on that game. And he said the coffee in his cup froze, but he said the most the most important part was they have a they have a very specific camera angle where you can see a false start that wasn't called in that game, and the only reason they have that camera angle is because they couldn't move the camera because it was frozen in place. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. So he said that he said that they were trying to get it down on another spot, but they ended up it was landing there, and the, so he was like, so we got that that play. Uh, specifically because we couldn't move it because it was frozen. Well, I, I remember I was 11 years old, and I I remember watching this game just like it was yesterday, and and it was amazing that the uh, the Packers drove it down and and to the one yard line, and they had uh, it was it was they had two failed plays. The, the running back slipped on the second play. I can't remember his name, but Slippy makes slip slip. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so uh, Bart Starr went to the sidelines and told Lombardi that he thought he could get in. So they called the uh, the play Brown right thirty one wedge, which meant that the center and the guard would wedge and the and the uh, running back go in between. Him, except Bart Starr didn't hand him off the ball, hand the ball off to the running back. He took it in himself and. The score was very selfish. Twenty to fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> and then they kicked the field goal to win the game, twenty-one to fourteen. And I remember that just like it was yesterday. So wow. that's my favorite play of all. Of it. The interesting thing about that game, and I don't know how many people like remember this or just knew this information. That game fed into Super Bowl two. That was the then NFL championship game, mm-hmm. and then the year before they played in the Cotton Bowl. And that fed into Super Bowl one. So not that Vince Lombardi wasn't great. Obviously, he's an all-time great. But I have always wondered if the Cowboys win those two games. And like the Cowboys, one would assume, would have won those first two Super Bowls. Like how different everything would be. Would they call it the Lombardi trophy? No. Nope. Probably not. Oh, Landry. See, I kind of wonder that. But yeah, so the Ice Bowl is what fed into Super Bowl two. But that's one of the eight meetings is... 
Green Bay won the first two, the two NFL, the last two NFL championship games before we, uh, well, I guess it was a couple more before we got to the merger. And then the Cowboys won four straight in 82, 93, 94, 95. And then we haven't beaten the Packers in the playoffs since they won the last two divisional round games. This is the first time these teams will ever play in the wild card round. The... My brother-in-law and my father-in-law were at the 95 NFC Championship game. And their recollection is that's the loudest they've ever heard that stadium. Uh, and the, the, like beating Green Bay in that one. It was that, I'm sorry, Kevin. Did you say that was the first team to beat the same team three straight years in the regular season and playoffs? I am not aware of that, if yeah, that is the case. That was the first time that had happened. Uh, Dallas, they won in 93, 36-14 uh, in the regular season and 27-17 in the playoffs. 42-31, then 35-9, 34-24, and 38-27. No wonder Broadus always brings up like how much they whoop their asses every year. He was like, we yeah. did not want to play the Cowboys. He brings that weird. up. It felt like only Eric Williams was the only person who could block Reggie White on a consistent basis. It was a battle. It was a battle that we like, loved to watch. Reggie would dominate every human being he ever played football against Which except for Eric Williams. I was I never I probably never paid attention to offensive line defensive line battles except John Madden told me this About one the I club, had to watch. How yeah. Reggie would always club you and it like it would work against everybody except somehow Eric Williams could take that cuz he would hit that you punch, in the ear hole. That yeah, that that sidearm punch and still not be knocked off balance. It's it's interesting some of these responses. I want to know where this documentary is cuz I guess I've never seen it from the 817 just watched a documentary on the Ice Bowl. It was unbelievable. And from the 214 I'm with Pops. I was 12 years old watching that game with my parents. It was the first game that made me cry and understand what it means to be a fan. The first one, huh? Oh, I mean, look, if this was in 1967 and you're a fan of the Cowboys yeah. or just sports in general, I guarantee you've cried since then. You ever go back and watch games on YouTube? Because I do this a lot. Whether it's the Ice Bowl, which I'll be honest, I've never watched that from start to finish. I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, like the whole game. But I'll go back and watch games in the 80s or 90s. Last year I watched, uh, you know, some Packers, Cowboys playoff games. It's amazing how our eyes were okay watching that bad of pixelated sports. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't really it. tell the numbers. Like until they until they get really close to Bart Starr or Don Meredith or whoever, you're like, you can't tell the numbers. It's You know that it's them. That's a blurry person in a green jersey, and that's a blurry person in a white jersey. So you know that's the Cowboys, that's the Packers. And you just have to really know the team. There's no score being shown, so you have to remember the score in your head. My wife thinks that we're stupider watching sports now because we had to really know the players' sizes and their techniques and everything because you didn't know. You couldn't see number 74, Bob Lilly. There was no way the television could not give you right. that good of a picture to tell who they were. And guess what? They weren't showing the time. They weren't showing the score. So when you were watching, Pops, you had to, in your head as you're watching, you have to know, hey, the last time they showed the clock, it was at 11 minutes. So we're probably right around eight minutes right now. I know the score right now is 10 to 7 and you had to keep all of that in your head and about every five minutes they would give you an update on how much time was left in the quarter or what the score was in the game well it was you should have watched it 1967 at my house on black and white TV. oh my god we didn't have a color TV. how was what was the size of that that screen was uh, oh that it a, was it was a what they, what they call a console TV. oh yeah, yeah i remember those yeah it was <laughs> 
it was different. There was no first, you know, like nowadays you see the first line, uh, the first uh, first down mark. My wife thinks that we're more stupid for watching that too. She's like, is there? She a, does. She's like, is there no way that humans can't tell how far ten yards is that they have to draw all these lines on the board for you? I do kind of see her point. It's four yards. That's true, but I do kind of see her point. Every yard is marked. You should be able to, all right. Yeah. One, two, three, four. All right. Got it. Well, they have the line of scrimmage on there now, too. So. Yeah, they do give us the white line that kind of yeah. lets us know, hey, this yeah, is you know, where I, they're I might, be, I might be coming around. She doesn't to watch idea. football, but the other day when she was watching football, she was like, God, they like they have dumbed this thing down so much for the viewer that they are like, that you don't have to know how many yards, you don't have to count anything. You, you like, it's just all just right plastered on the screen for you. But from the 214. Now I want to hear Broadus do a Krusty's Corner all about those 90s games. I totally get that. And from the 903, tell Pops if he was born in September of 1956, we're almost twins. I remember the Ice Bowl too, but this person is a Packers lifer. So sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Do you want me to block that? Yeah, go ahead and block them. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Keep them around just so we have somebody to beat up on after this game. All right. Are you that confident right now? I think so. We'll get to that at 1 o'clock. It's time for Mike Likes It. Mike Likes It. All right, so we are mentioning the ice ball. We were just talking about that. Now, this game is not going to be as cold, and we mentioned it earlier, the temperature. The Chiefs game is going to be right around zero degrees with a negative wind chill. So what's interesting to me is not looking at the lines right now. I think that you kind of know who's favored, who's not favored. Sometimes right about now, I start like, I look at ticket prices. So don't look at it. Dolphins at Chiefs, you know you're going to be sitting in negative temperature. It's a night game. It's going, you are literally, you have a chance to freeze to death. If you don't dress correctly, you could die going to this game. How much do you think the lowest ticket price is to sit in this weather? I hear what you're saying, Mike. I do. I know. It's, but it's still an arrowhead. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm setting you up. That's okay. Oh, no. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say $200. Now I feel like that answer is going to be it's wrong. It's lowest ticket price, by the way, not average. Ooh, uh, Still like 100 110 bucks. That's a good guess. 120 Lowest ticket price. For the Chiefs game. 150 Okay. Defending champs, Pops. How much can you go to this game for? Well, how much would I pay? Or what do I think? What do you think said? that right now, if you if you got a ticket, even for a friend of yours who they are a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, seventy five dollars. Pops is close to go to this playoff game right now, which I think tickets are going to still go down more because of how cold it is. Yes, yeah. it's sixty six dollars to get. Holy so moly. you're right. The Chiefs have such loyal fans. That is one of the loudest building every player will tell you seattle and kansas city are usually the two loudest places to play at in the nfl and right now the weather is so bad that the defending champs with patrick mahomes to a t you can go to that game right now for 66 dollars. and i'm thinking this i bet you can probably get tickets as low as 20 to 40 dollars on friday afternoon saturday afternoon the game saturday night on peacock which nobody's gonna nobody's, watch yeah nobody's buying that but um that game is now down to sixty-six dollars to watch that game, and I think it's going to go even the lower. Elitist, Kevin, you're, 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 you're part of an elitist society here, saying, "Hey, it's just okay to spend to I buy all these." Have apps. Peacock to watch pro wrestling. That yeah. is not elitist. Yeah, but you're like, I can't believe nobody would pay six dollars to watch this game.
We should not have to pay I, money to watch the game. I have, Kevin, I have Peacock, too. Yeah! You yeah. didn't say you're right. Remind he says he me, already has it. Remind me on Friday to to look this up again, because I'm wondering if it'll be like as low as $35 on I Friday. Bet. I bet it does. Because I think people are just going to be like, look, I get it. I have season tickets. I love the Chiefs, but I, I'm not doing this. I'm not sitting in this weather for four and a half hours, because Usually you have to get into the building an hour before the game right. type type deal because you have to get into your parking spot and everything and make sure that you're there before the game starts. So I just remember for Cowboys games at Texas Stadium, if it was a 3 o'clock kickoff, we would leave the house at about 1245. Just dealing with the traffic in Irving, making sure that you got your – you parked, you walked to the stadium, and that you were in there in plenty of time before the game started. Now, let's go to other games. The Browns at the Texans. This is a Saturday afternoon game in Houston. This does show me how much Houston loves football. It's only $119 to go to this game. So they have C.J. Stroud. They're up and coming, all these things. There's a reason the Oilers left. Because for some reason in the state of Texas, we're this football state supposedly. But Houston really struggles to support professional football. Right. So that game is $119, so I'm just going to guess this. You can still go to that game for pretty much face value. Wow. So if you wanted to go to that game, those tickets are not more expensive than pretty much going to a Houston Texans game. So that's your first playoff game, second playoff game I just went over on Saturday. Now we get to Sunday. The Bills are maybe used to this type of temperature, the people who live in Buffalo, it will be 24 degrees with freezing rain is what they're expecting right now at game time at noon, 1 o'clock there in Buffalo. Tickets there are $141. So not as bad of weather, or you could say pretty much as bad as of weather, but Buffalo is still paying somewhat above yeah. your face value to go to the Bills and the Steelers game. I still can't believe that line's only 10. I, I think they're going to win by 20 or more. Wow. All right. Now, I want you to guess the difference here. The two games on Sunday that are NFC games, the Packers at the Cowboys. We just went over the rivalry. I, I know that Mickey said the Packers don't travel. I get there are a lot of Packer fans who live here, but I do think there will be some Packer fans who travel to go to this game. And then you have, after that game, your Sunday at 7 p.m. game, Rams at Lions. I won't give you the difference. I am going to tell you this. It's more expensive to go to the Detroit Lions game than it is the Dallas Cowboys game. I bet game. it's like $500 to get into that game. Okay, I'm going to kick it over to Corey because out of curiosity, I wanted to look up if it was standing room only prices or regular tickets for the Cowboys. So yeah. I have a little bit of insight on this. Okay, because there are it says tickets as low as. So you know when you go to... Yes. The game's on ESPN. It will tell you, click on this, and it'll take you to the official like Ticketmaster site, I believe it is, to then buy the tickets, and they give you what the lowest ticket price is right now yeah. for the game. So the Cowboys ticket, you want me to just give you the lowest price right now to go to this game? $103. Oh, now, that's you, a, and, and I did check. That's, that's a, a standing steal. room only oh, seat. So you're not getting a seat, but that's standing room only at the Cowboys game Sunday at 3.30, $103 to get into the building right now. And honestly, that does not include taxes and fees. So it's about 150 bucks after they upcharge you. $100 to stand. And that that yeah. is, and you won't get, you don't have a, you can't be guaranteed to see the game. 
Right. Because that's you, when everybody sprints in. All yeah, the standing yeah. room only sprint in three hours before kickoff. So at like twelve thirty or one when they open the the doors up, that's where if you're a standing room only, you sprint in so you can get uh, a place where you can see the game and maybe have a beer on a tape, not a table, but whatever you a call, ledge. It. A we'll ledge, call it. A yeah. ledge. All right. So one hundred and three dollars. How much do you think it costs to go to this Rams at Lions game Sunday night? I'm assuming this might be standing. Yeah, room I was going to say f- I'll say four hundred bucks, four hundred five hundred dollars. I won't make you guess, pops. Two twenty five, three hundred and ninety six dollars. So it's pretty much four hundred dollars. That's before taxes and fees. So you're probably looking at taxes and fees on that ticket, probably five hundred bucks. Because the people of Detroit never get to go to a home playoff right. game. Yeah. Well, to your point, I just decided to check. So I clicked on that link you told us. Those tickets are now sold, and four hundred and twenty one is the cheapest. So this Detroit fan base is They're so fired up. Now, I'm not saying this makes you win the game, but that fan base is so fired up that they are paying pretty much Super Bowl prices to go to the wild card game that they're hosting. Yeah, it's insane. I know we'll probably talk about this more later in the week, but just on initial glance, is that the other playoff game that you are most interested in? Well... I am very interested in, in Chiefs-Dolphins, but the weather is going to probably knock that game down from being exciting. Plus you can't watch. Detroit's a three-point favorite, so they're kind of telling you it could go either way. Where Dallas is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, they're saying it will be very surprising if, if uh, not that they cover the spread, but it would be very surprising if the Packers right. won this game. But I think the next one for me is, uh, aside from Cowboys-Packers, is Browns-Texans. I know okay. it's, it, sounds, oh. it sounds dumb, but I – they're in a good environment for throwing the ball around. Flacco's got his story. C.J. Stroud's got his the old man and the and the young the young uh, Jedi. You know whatever. They're they're like on it, and I'm excited about that story uh, now, and excited to see the Eagles lose to Tampa. I do think transitioning back to Mike likes it. I do think there is a bigger game in Detroit than it is tonight, as I think. ESPN and ABC should cancel the programming that they have because right now they're going to run the horrible game of the Pelicans versus the Warriors. Who cares? Tonight, and I mean only tonight, one time this year, Detroit hosts San Antonio. The combined record of these two teams is 8-64 and to start the year. Oh, no. So out of 72 games that these teams have played, there have been eight wins combined for both of these teams. You can go to this game and see Victor Wimbanyamba, if he's playing, for $13. So this ticket isn't selling as well as it should in Detroit. Hold on, so you want this to be broadcast? Is that- I, I need this to be broadcast. ESPN, ABC, if you want me to watch basketball tonight after the debacle of watching Five men dressed up in Dallas Mavericks uniforms jog up and down a basketball court for three hours and get just hammered into the ground. I need to see Detroit hosting the San Antonio Spurs because this is arguably two of the worst teams in basketball history facing off against each other. And as, unfortunately, somebody has to win this game. I'd love to see it go three overtimes, but the overtimes be two to two where both teams just score not even baskets. They like both go two of five from the free throw line in overtimes to send it to another overtime. So anyways, the Pistons are hosting the Spurs, and I just find this interesting to see 
Can the Pistons win their fourth game over the year, or will the Spurs look at the Pistons? Remember, there's no difference between finishing the worst record or the second worst record. It's all the same odds. So there's not really much tanking going on anymore from these teams. They have both established themselves as, we will both be three of the worst teams in the NBA this year. So I'm just interested in this stupid game of the Spurs and Pistons and see can these teams play any less of an effort game than the Dallas Mavericks did last night? I think no, because I think they'll be like, we have a chance to win this game. And let's go all out. After watching some of the Minnesota Wild versus the Dallas Stars the other Monday night, they host now the Minnesota Wild tonight. This game's on TNT. So if you do turn to Bally's, I guess it's not on Bally's. It's only on TNT. So hopefully the Stars play as well as they played in Minnesota because they played great the other night. And yes, can they did. Matt get Murray another win. And, yeah. Bill Murray. It was not Bill Murray. In Bill goal. Murray is an actor. <laughs> yeah, He'll walk he... up and take your fries from you and say, nobody will believe you. It's in the hole. Hopefully it's not because if it's in Murray's hole, it's a goal. Would you even try to tell anybody? That's weird. Um, would you even <laughs> try hole. to tell anybody that Bill Murray took your your? Fries? I would, but I think he's on to something because if one of your friends randomly was like, hey, I was at this restaurant and Bill Murray came up and took some of my fries, you'd be like, hmm? I would escort that friend out of the front door and oh. say, you, don't, you can't come in until you start telling the truth in this house. Man, so you treat your friends like your children? Is that... I can't kick my kids out. They have otherwise, isn't that child abuse? Like just kicking them out at like age ten. 